0: What's up, everybody? F1 Card Strategy Show. Paul Hickey here with NoOffSeason.com. Rob, not Bob, Masora in the house from Bob's Card Market and the Card Treasury. We're coming in hot. He and I just <laughs> joined the stream. Or I just joined the stream like uh, right at showtime. And uh, he said, this should be interesting. It's going to be
1: very interesting.
0: Very interesting.
1: We're um, winging it. This is the ultimate... Um form of winging it
0: it's the ultimate form of winging it we're just having fun on the f1 card strategy show um go to nooffseason.com and get a free 30-day trial of our premium membership there i would love to know what you guys think and check out bobscardmarket.com to join the discord more on that later but uh, today so we had our audience members uh write in after our last f1 card strategy show and say hey Love the show, but would, would love it if you could break down some some prospecting. Um, and so I did a little bit of research. I don't know if you did. Oh, A li-
1: little bit is, is the right word. That's so, the right way to phrase it.
0: So I have three guys, like three and a half guys to talk about. I have half of a guy because we already know who he is. We talked talk about him a lot. But I have three guys to talk about on my list. Rob, what do you... What are you seeing in the F, F2 so just to clarify, like F1 card prospecting, what does that mean? So right? basically, to me it means um, since 2020, the release of the inaugural release of the Topps Chrome uh, and, and, and sapphires, right? Um, they've started they've included F2 drivers starting in that release. And so then they did it again in 2021. They did it again in 2022. So for the three years that we've had the Topps Chrome releases of the F1 product, there's been F2 drivers in there. So for those of us who are familiar with baseball prospecting, which I think most of us are, it's a similar situation where you've got essentially a certain amount of uh, spots. They're called seats in F1. For those of you who don't know, many of you listening and watching already know that. There's only a certain amount of seats. There's two seats per team and there's 10 teams. So there's 20 drivers in F1. And then F2 is a logical place where when a new driver, uh, when, when a team needs a new driver, uh, a lot, one logical place is F2, but it's not the only place. Right. No, um, it's so it's, 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 so it's like, there's, you know, there's, there's indie car, there's NASCAR, there's, there's, all sorts of go-karting there's stuff that i don't know about because i'm not a huge racing guy um so there's also
1: their reserve drivers
0: there's the reserve drivers right so does each team have one reserve driver is that right just not
1: even every i was trying to do some research and figure all this out and my head was spinning and not every not even every team has a reserve driver okay so it's it's i think it's a financial thing if they want to afford to have a reserve driver because I was like who's the reserve driver for Williams and like no one came up like Google didn't yeah. have an answer for me
0: yeah that's a good point so like it's so in baseball it's a sim, it's really as simple as like low a high a double A, triple A majors with with some Arizona fall league and some complex league and other things mixed in. So, but it's pretty much easy to follow like, okay, so-and-so is the number two prospect in the blah, blah, blah organization. And they're going to project out this way in the future. And by the way, here's where they were drafted and here's what their signing bonus was. And so you can put all those factors together to invest. Whereas in F1 prospecting, I think there's a couple different there's a couple different struggles for the sports card investor I'm, i think we should lay this out first right rob yes it's very important the so, struggles are real the struggles well, just, are
1: real <laughs> before you get to that like about yeah. the struggles like in general we're learning f1 and we talked about this on the previous podcast is it's new the card market is new and from 2020 to now and so we don't have a lot of data and so we're trying to go off of what we have and compare that to other scenarios, whether it's baseball or, or whatever. So that, that alone is, is a struggle.
0: Yeah, that's true. There's not as, not as big of a sample size of data to go on. And I think I'll probably keep referring to baseball consistently because in baseball, you have the call up spike that we talk a lot about on the other shows and the, in in F in F one, we've seen some hype around some news, but it doesn't always necessarily result in a spike in prices. Um, and we'll talk more about that later. Another another sort of tricky thing is, yeah, we hit on this a minute ago. You just you don't really know. You know that I think around July August, there's a lot of rumors around and i think in august right we talked about this in the last episode that's where a lot of the news comes out about who's going to have what seats in the previous season even with a couple months to go in the current season so that's different um i think that's a time frame to keep an i think now is a time frame to have this show that's why we wanted to do it like at the end of may because we're still a few months we're still a few months ahead of when maybe some news would drive prices. So I think that's why we're doing the show today is like, we don't know what's going to happen, but I think that the selling point for what could happen would actually be one of them could be in August ish when the news comes out.
1: Yeah. They, they call it the silly season where the summer break um, when they take them, I think it's like four to six weeks off, but that is when they're going to, pretty much decide who's going to be, have the seats for 2024 and yeah, they still have four or five months left of the season, but they need, they need time to, um, you know, do simulators, get the the new cars are being built for 2024. So they have to like get fitted for that, all that stuff. And so that's when they kind of iron all that out, but yeah, it's very, the, the little research, um, I said I did research. I guess more than a little, but I would say I have little answers from the research. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but the spike, just like baseball, is the call-up, is the announcement of this particular driver is going to have this seat, and that is the spike. Now there are other opportunities that I was looking at your your boy Piastri Um, because I think he's one of the examples that we have where he had a card, he was an F2, got there was more drama around his call-up, if you will, than than normal, but um, that was the spike. But uh, I don't know if you're able to, what direction you want to go, if you want to pull that up. But on market market movers, I noticed something pretty interesting (laughs) on there.
0: Yeah, I think we can go in that direction because um, I, I think the final point, that I want to make is that pay attention. If you're going to make, if you're going to make prospecting plays in F1 or from F2 to F1 specifically, now would be the time to start trying to buy the cards on the cheap and do whatever you need to do to them, have them graded, whatever to get them back to sell. Hopefully what you think will happen will happen in August and then sell them in August because what I know, I mean, I don't want to do any spoiler alerts, but but I just don't think that necessarily their debut is going to dry. Whereas in, in the MLB, it's like the call up means that there's a debut. So it's kind of like call up debut hype or like in F1, it's like their call up is in August really. But then mm-hmm. their debut is going to be like in the next calendar year of like, like six months later or five to six months later later in like january february so their debut by then they they suck because they're a first time f1 driver in in theory one of the lower tier cars i mean because unless like mercedes ferrari or you know red bull pulls up somebody out of the blue which like typically they're, they're they're pulling out like typically they have their number one driver and then their number two driver is going to be sort of a veteran of sorts to support their number one driver. It's not, it's not the same where like Ellie de la Cruz gets called up and plays third base and maybe he's gonna hit a couple home runs. It's like it's just where it all happens in that same week. So and then the other point, real quick, is um, and then we can get into what you said about Piastri. So there's also like drive there's also like rumors about drivers coming from other places. So it's not as simple as like whereas Piastri fit what I call sort of the formula. He he like checked all the boxes for me as a prospect last year. It was like, he's got an F. The first thing was he's got an F2 cards and he's the guy in the 2021 mm-hmm. set. So it was kind of like, I felt like I kind of missed out on 2020. So then I was like, what can I do to not miss out on 2021? Narrow the focus to Piastri. And I went hard all in on Piastri. And then it just didn't play out the way that I wanted. I think because to your point, we're all sort of still learning and I'm certainly still learning like what the pattern recognition needs to be in order. So to did,
1: you, did you try thing. to sell
0: Piastri? What I did was I bought in at the wrong time. I bought in like <laughs> okay. that's the number one mistake <laughs> Yeah. of everything in sports card investing is number one mistake is buying in at the wrong time. So I bought in around like when, when the release hype happened, <laughs> like the release okay release hype happened so the prices were inflated because like his first cards were hitting the market and and more people than i thought already knew who he was so So february
1: 2022 is pretty much when you were buying them right when the product came out
0: i would say yes right after that like not not like in the release month but shortly thereafter Mm -hmm. like march april i bought i think march april 2022 is when i bought most of my piastri cards and they were still like inflated because i think Um, more, like I said, I underestimated the amount of people who would, who would be making those plays like people. um, And I, it's not like I spent a whole ton of money. It's just that it doesn't matter the dollar amount that you spend. It's, it's the fact that when you buy at the wrong time, you're eliminating your profit off the bat Mm -hmm. kind of. So that was my number one mistake. And then it was sort of like, then it was like, I'm going to hold until my my second mistake was holding until his debut, <laughs> yeah, which is what I said a minute ago. So if I would have sold him at in August around the Mclaren drama, um, I would have still taken a loss, but i I wouldn't have taken as big of a loss. So let me give you an example on a card, right, right? So let's say say I'm two hundred dollars into a refractor p s a ten. Probably not that much, probably more like say I'm 90 to a hundred dollars into a refractor PSA 10. That would be realistic in March, April of uh, 2022, because the grading fee was still $30. So it's like 60, $70 card, $30 grading fee. You're about a hundred dollars into it and you get a. And I got a PSA 10. So PSA 10, just base refractor, uh, future stars, you know, F2 card could have sold that for probably around 80 70 or $80 in August around the hype after uh, the 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 news rather after it had dipped to like it had dipped to like 30 or 50 and then it went back up around around that time I, I, I think I'm pretty pretty correct on this but now but then I sold it for like 30 in February so it went back down to 30 and 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 even though that's not like I had, I had bigger cards of his. That was kind of the lowest tier card I had of his, but they all kind of followed that pattern. Like the other one that I can give you an example on is I was probably $900 into a refractor auto PSA eight. So I didn't get the grade I wanted. Mm-hmm. That's sucks. That's part of it. That's a, actually probably the biggest part of it. If I would have got a 10 on that, I probably wouldn't have lost a whole lot of money. It probably would have break, broke even, but even still, you're not trying to break even. You're trying to profit. So PSA eight, I'm about, I'm about $950 a nine to a thousand dollars into a refractor out of, I think four ninety nine auto PSA eight. Ended up selling it for 300, but could have sold it for a long period of time for five or 600 okay. and just thought, well, he's going to come out. There's gonna, when, when I thought when he debuts, she, and then after he starts driving well, surely <laughs> it's going to go up. Well, not knowing enough about F1 was is also a problem in that, like I said a minute ago, it's not that they're going to – they're not going to do well when they first start off in F1. They're yeah. just that's part of it.
1: I Can you pull – I can direct you on market movers because I think yeah. Piastri is – it's one sample size. It's one person, one driver, but I think the – The path in which his values took is i think it's the answer if i'm if i'm going to declare like this is the answer of f1 f2 prospecting um, i'm going to do it and i'm going to go down with the ship but um, do it we'll see what happens (laughs) so if you go to charts
0: i'm trying to load it it's slow to load let me see market movers uh, okay. We're good now. Market movers. If you want to get your first month for only $1, use the promo code. No off season. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and do this on the fly. So for those of you who aren't familiar with market movers and or how it works, um, get a little on the fly preview here. So go to movements over on the left and then, um, nope, you want me to charts. go to charts, yep. charts?
1: Okay. and then do Piastri and the player. Okay. Um, set. Just do this 2021. Nope. Yep. Do base variation base. And do pick the go down and pick the raw card? And the reason I do raw is because that was um, you don't get the PSA data until it's gone to PSA and come back, and that's there's a lot of time there. So go to raw, and then chart it hit chart there. Yep. Scroll up, scroll up and then do all data. All right. So your chart looks different than mine. Maybe you pr- pick something different, but okay. Anyways, so... it's a similar, I think it's a similar thing is, so this, you can see the, the far left is when the release, right? Yep. And that's when you bought and it kind of fluctuated a little bit, went down a little bit. And so when it went down is, I think, right now, end of May, that little dip. So that's why we're saying like now is probably a good time to, if you're going to speculate, is to buy. And then you see August of 2021, September, August, that is when that big. Of
0: 2022.
1: 22. Sorry. Yep. So that's when the announcement happened, right? So yep. that is probably is one of the peaks of the life cycle of an f f1 card but then the look between that and that other peak which is the debut right when the f1 season is starting like look at how far down the cards went like yeah. in october december november so my theory and what i'm declaring now is like like a lot of sports during that time actually like baseball and basketball even like that's a good time to buy f1 cards and if you're gonna prospect on them i would do it then because you actually know who's going to be in the seats if you buy cards now in preparation for the august uh peak you don't you're going to gamble and you're going to lose because you don't know who's going to get the seats, Mm -hmm. but you can wait till you see who gets the seats, wait until November, December, buy their cards, then sell them right before the season starts. As that hype builds up, definitely sell them before they start driving because they're young and they're going to drive bad. Yeah. (laughs) And then be done with it. That's Right.
0: Okay. So I love what you're saying. And it's totally different than what I said a minute ago. So I'm glad we're clarifying this for the audience. So,
1: and both are, both are, both can work. Like you can buy cards now in preparation for the August hype, but I think there's more risk there because you don't know who's going to get the seats. Yeah. Whereas if you just waited till August, saw Piastri got the McLaren seat and then in November bought some cards and then sold them in February, you would have been golden.
0: Absolutely. That's a great point. So now, Rob already gave this disclaimer, but I needed to give it again. Like (laughs) this, this right here is one sale. Right. right? So like, so while it looks on a chart, like, wow, that's closer. Like that is around his debut kind of a thing or shortly thereafter debut. Um, It is only one sale. So you do have to look at more like what Rob was saying. So this is four sales here, three sales, seven sales. On August 28th, that's like a couple weeks after the hype. Hi- mm-hmm. That's like a couple weeks after the news, like the McLaren drama and all that. Yeah. dollars. But again, you would have broken even basically just on this raw comparison. Whereas what Rob is saying is like December, 99 cents, 99 cents, <laughs> like 79 cents. I think I saw one dollar fifty. And then and then now you're like you're not that much into a card and now you're profit. Yeah, these are mm-hmm. raw
1: these are raw too and there might be at at that point in October to December there's probably going to be some PSA more PSA stuff out because it's cards have had time to go there and come <laughs> back but
0: Yeah, so the uh, other thing is like um I want to keep I want to stay here because um mm-hmm. let's chart like a, a few of his cards um out of the same set. So Ah that type correctly here. Um
1: just go to the player and the it'll filter it too. There we go.
0: Okay, so now let's just chart like I guess the PSA 10 of it.
1: That's a refractor, but oh yeah, yeah, good call. That's the one I had.
0: So let's do that. Just because I want to do the one I had to see if I to see if I totally biffed or it it (laughs) pattern. Um now we could do the base PSA 10, I guess. Um, there's not that many of them. But I want to do also one auto. Um, what would be a good one? Or, or you know, like a... Did like, he have an auto? He did. Um, he had... I don't know if market movers will have the autos in here. They should. Yeah, he ha- he had several autos actually. Mm-hmm. Um, here, let's just show more cards. Sorry if you guys are listening and yelling at us, frustrated that we're looking this up on the show, but it's fine. You guys, do it. It's <laughs> valuable. This is valuable information. We're gonna bring it all home for you. So, Chad Gill and Oh My Shoes in the in the chat. Good to see you guys. Um, I think we're this. Also, this kind of pattern recognition can apply to other sports. I think um i can't find an auto in here so let's just do like the auto 399 um i know that's a popular one right um in in the f1 sets the auto 399 uh purple refractor so let's check and pick maybe um psa 10s only pop 32 so let's do raw on that too because then we'll get i think we'll probably get more so here's three cards we'll do all data so now we're in a situation where, um, again, like so, the one the the out of three ninety nine sold for around uh, over like you know two over two hundred dollars upon initial release started to go down. Mm-hmm. Now we're into August, sold for one seventy five. So again, that's a loss from where you would have bought it for and or a break even. So that purple refractor is kind of following the Piastri track that I spoke about a minute ago. Yeah. And now we're in a situation where there's going to be less sales because it's a purple refractor out of three ninety-nine. dollars There's just less of them. But now it's selling for like most recent sale is $40. So you would have taken a $180 bath basically. And that's kind of what I did on like pretty much all of my Piastri cards is like, the, the trajectory of those cards. Now the refractor. So refractor, yeah. So this is where I said I sold mine. Um, but I sold mine around like two sales for $65. All right, that was not me. I wish that was me. But three sales for 52. I sold mine for 30. You can see the sales for 30 are uh, really more, yeah, I think this is, Maybe, no, I definitely didn't wait too long. I don't have patience to wait too long. Anyway, <laughs> this must have been me right here, but uh, but I lost on it. So I think, but I think Rob's declaration, uh, the, the reason I wanted to chart these three cards, the, the punchline is not to annoy the audience. It's to take Rob's point and just hammer it home even more. I think Rob's, I think you're right, but I think it depends on the card. So I think there's always going to be that element of like what making sure that you're that you're selecting the right card, and I think because we have such a sample size of data on F1, such a small sample size of data on F1, if you're taking a card with the with a shorter print run, like a out of 399 or like an auto. then you're limiting your sample size even more. So in theory, you're limiting you're sort of limiting your liquidity, I guess. So I guess it would make sense that a base, regular base raw card where you have like more of a sample size of data, and thus the more sales, more liquidity, would follow a pattern that would make more sense to be like where you could buy lower during in December. At a, buying at a low point and then putting yourself in a position to basically sell at any point in the future, where something may happen, like a debut, like a good race, like you know a top five finish, finishing in the podium, whatever. Those would be the kinds of things that I, I think still would help uh, the value of an F one card. Um, what I like about the time window is it also fit like you know basketball card people baseball card people and football card people will all tell you that time period in December is also the best time to buy those sports too. Right. So what do you, I mean, what do you think about like just the fact that like, okay, the chart does seem to follow the pattern that I talked about in terms of losing on a guy like Piastri, but your card example, I think kind of follows a different pattern. What do you kind of make of that?
1: Yeah. And I, I, we should say this as much as possible. Cause it's an important piece to drive home is it's one driver. Like we don't have a lot of data that a person has a card has been an F2 gotten called, you know, called up. <laughs> I can't stop saying that. Yeah. Um, had an announcement that he's going to have a seat and then is driving right now um, and not driving well. So I think over the course of time, we're going to see this pattern play out and we're going to be able to figure out when the best time to, to purchase these cards. And another idea while, while you're going through that is uh, one of Chad's specials is wait until August. So, and they declare who's going to be driving where, and then pick a guy that's new buy a bunch of his bases or his refractors or something lower like raw um in bulk and in november december save enough of them to resell right before the season starts or save enough of them to to sell when the season starts but then hold back some that are gradable so that if he does blow up and drives well for you know shot in the dark or has a few good races you could possibly grade them and um increase your profit but plan on making your money back, at least that preseason hype when they're about to start racing.
0: Yeah. So let's go into the, um, the top three guys or the, like. I, I hesitate to say, I hesitate to say like top three guys, because I don't even know if, if I believe <laughs> that I would buy these guys. And again, we're sort of underscoring the point. The, I think the overall point of this show is that it's like figuring out how to make money on F2 to F1 prospecting because let's just sort of get get to that punchline. Like to me, even though they're even though it's tricky that we don't know where these drivers could come from and get these seats. And they do regurgitate drivers too a lot. Like it's like an NFL head coaching carousel. And you you see the same name in a different seat, just like you see like the offensive coordinator going to the head coach, back to the offensive coordinator, back to the head coach. Like it's going to do that. And it's going to be frustrating because you might've bought a guy thinking he was going to get a seat and then it doesn't happen. But that's why another reason why I like what Rob said is like by in December, when you know that he has the seat, um, but let's weed out everything except s f two just for the sake of this discussion, because it's like so let's let's go into f two drivers that we know about because we know some things from them, and we know that there's actually is a path from f two to f one It's happened throughout history, and it happened with Piastri and several others before him so um, and Logan Sargent, too, I believe Logan Sargent was uh f you know. Current F one driver moved up from F two, correct? So, yeah. um, So I, my guys are in F two right now. The three guys that I wanted to talk about. Where, where are you? Do you have any guys anywhere other than F two? I
1: got some names. I wouldn't declare them my guys, but um, I got some names. Yeah, we're very much (laughs) a
0: disclaimer show.
1: (laughs) It is. We we do not want to put our uh, our names on on anything.
0: The dis the F. Two to F one disclaimer card strategy show.
1: <laughs> I'm pulling up Logan Sargent because I want to. You made me all think right. of him.
0: While you're doing that, I'm gonna I'm gonna launch into what what I'm gonna talk about here. So one of my guys is is Theo Porcher or or yep. Theo Porcher. He's who
1: I ha- he's one I had to.
0: So he, I might get some of the details off here, but I believe he's leading F two right now. Yep, and he probably has the clearest path to um, an F F one seat out of, out of anyone in F two. Um, and you know, you can look him up, you can Google him, you can see all the stuff that I'm seeing, but essentially, um, there, there's a way that he could get into, get into F get an F one seat for 2024. There's probably multiple ways. Um, and there's articles written about it by, you know, very smart people who cover, f1 and f2 um as it relates to his cards uh if we chart out his his 2021 so he's in the same release as piastri his 2021 uh base raw and base psa 10 um are super cheap right now so you can you know but the question i think is like if we follow the same data that we saw from Pia... I like this comparison where we're going to go because it's the same release. Mm. Um, and Piastri's cards sold for... We saw him get as low as 99 cents. Well, Theo right now, like the last sale and averaging all of his last sales are closer to $4 than, than $1. So even though we're talking pennies here, it, it actually does matter because... Every dollar at this level is is going to matter to whether or not you make a profit. And so, I would echo Rob's thoughts of like, don't buy him now. A, we don't know if he's going to have a seat, so we don't know if you're ever going to be able to like. You're taking a guy who's like, we don't know if he's ever going to be in F1. He could. Mm-hmm. To if he gets to F1, we then in August, then we kind of know that there's going to be this pocket based on the Piastri data that it could go this $4 card could go down to 99 cents. That's a actually a big deal when you think about it percentage wise. And that, that is PSA 10 right now, probably only a pop 16 cuz not that many people sent them in to get graded um is only selling for around $20. You're not going to profit if you try to like buy grade and flip that right now. You're that's just not a play. So but knowing that if he if you do buy in December you know that he's been called up and then you know that you could send in the ones that look good to be graded to potentially get them back not maybe for his debut, but at least during the beginning months of his F1 career. And then you could sell PSA 10s for a profit or just sell raw for a profit upon debut if you if you buy in bulk. So um that could be a play. Like, there's a lot of what ifs there, but I think if you follow this, you could execute that strategy and make money on poor share. If it, it all depends on if he gets a seat, though, if he, but you'd rather mm-hmm. not buy him, you'd rather like not buy him and have him not get a seat than buy him and have him not get a seat, right? And the
1: interesting part about F1 cards in general is that, like, you said, pop 16, and that's probably aside from Lewis Hamilton and max and some of the big stars, um, the pops are going to be low across the board. Uh, one is that you know, in the past, especially 2020, they they're very hard to, to gem. Uh, but the pops are going to be low. So you can kind of control the market a little bit just with a few cards. Um, so like I, I just typed in 2021 Chrome Theo PSA 10, uh, and, 21 listings came up there's theo john a basketball player so i didn't (laughs) filter him out but like like the lowest price is a sapphire psa 10 for 50 bucks um
0: is it like a buy it now or best offer
1: yeah i just i just went to buy it now's um but that just shows you there's at least less than 21 total psa 10s on of all all uh parallels everything
0: so I actually love that you said Sapphire because, um, again, pulling another thing from, from baseball, I was doing some analysis around, like, are there any baseball cards to buy right now? And trying to narrow my focus down, um, trying to figure out... Um, I don't see Sapphire in here, in Market Movers. So maybe it's hmm. not in here? Um, anyway... I like that you said Sapphire because even if it's not in market movers, you could look it up and find them on your own. But um, I was looking at like Jackson Churio, for example, as a baseball player that I was doing some research around and Ellie de la Cruz before that several months ago. And they're kind of following this pattern of of like, um, they're following this pattern of like, if you go one, one step above their base Chrome um, it has higher upside, but still kind of carries the same floor and so so in, in in other words like it's the same level of risk but with higher reward and so i believe that like that's kind of what the sapphire edition does like the base sapphire edition i think kind of gives the ability to have the same like a similar risk level but w- with a higher ceiling across the board and so because you said that you saw a listing it made me think maybe instead of buying the base in December. Also look at like look at what the sapphire prices are, and mm-hmm. and compare and contrast the two. Because if there's if you can get the sapphire for not that much more than the than the than the regular base, then the sapphire PSA ten should sell for significantly higher than the chrome base PSA ten. Good morning yeah. to Eric Stefano. Good to see you in the uh, comments, my man. So feel free to drop any questions in here. But what we're, what we're talking about today, if you're just joining us, is uh, how the heck to figure out if there's any <laughs> opportunity at all in F2 to F1 card prospecting.
1: Who knows? Um, I know you got two other guys, but yeah, Theo is one of my guys and um, to, to look at. And one thing I also looked at is you mentioned a path to getting a seat. And I think that's pretty important. So I looked at all the F one drivers contracts to see which ones were going to be up, um, this year. So you got Hamilton and Russell are both up in Mercedes. So, I mean, I don't really see any of them making any moves. There's actually some rumors going around that Mercedes or that Hamilton's talking to Ferrari, which I mean, geez, I don't even know. That'd be crazy. But, um, but Alfa Romeo, Joe Grand news, um up and that is that's theo's path right there because he's uh the team he's racing for in f2 is affiliated with like that's i was trying to do this research on the the f2 teams and if they're actually affiliated like the triple a double a team with the f1 and like some are some aren't it's it's so confusing and but they're yeah, then, then, all like some of yeah. them
0: are all incestuous with each other and
1: right and some yeah. of the dri- some of the teams have like a junior academy that like, they, they bring on drivers that are like 10 years old and like raise them through this like all karting and all the different levels of, of racing. So I was trying to see which ones were part of which academy and it is just if you want to go build a chart or excel file then go for it but um, good yeah. luck. Um, so that, that's Theo's path right there is, I think his best path is Joe Gagnon is, he hasn't really performed that well, um, with Alpha Romeo since he's been there and his contract is up. Um, but I think, um, two big ones is Alpha Tari, Tori, Tari, um, both of their seats, Yuki and DeVries, who's brand new, signed a one-year deal are both up and Red Bull has a good Red Bull alpha has a good junior academy and in f2 there's like six drivers that are part of that like academy so that i i think you could see some some move there's a possible path for someone there and we can talk about some more drivers um as well but
0: yeah for sure so if you want to if you want (sighs) to speculate and you want and you really wanted to buy now it's not a bad time to buy it's just doesn't appear to be as good of a time to buy as december based on the data. So we do have some t- while we're we are still all learning, we do have like clear takeaways from this episode. Like buying <laughs> like, we we have a narrow focus around guys first of all. There's not that many guys. So that's a positive. Secondly, we do have a time frame. We have a time frame where we know things happen. And that that's the other formula to this. Part of the formula. And then And we have a time when we know it's a good time to buy and sell. So actually we do have like a really good framework. I think what we don't, what we don't know yet is um, exactly what your reward would be because we don't have, there's not that many years of this happening. So we can't really say, Hey, you know, it looks like if you buy this card and, and have it graded, you know, this is what your potential reward could be. This is what your potential uh, loss could be. If it doesn't get the grade that you want or whatever, Um, and then, and even like flipping raw, we don't know, like we don't have enough sample size of data, but we do, we do have like everything else, which actually is kind of a big piece of the puzzle. So I'll go through my other guys and, um, just another disclaimer, this is the disclaimer show is (laughs) like, I don't know anything about this guy that I'm about Mm -hmm. to talk about other than what I looked up on the internet in preparation for this show. Um, but I did find a young driver who is only 18 years old and who has won a race in F2 this year named Ollie Bearman. And uh, he does have a card.
1: We're going to have the same three guys, aren't we?
0: We might. So, <laughs> so I'll let you do the last guy. And then That's that way be, you're selling your, your thunder on all three guys. But it's good. that I mean, it's good that, we, that we're aligned on who could be who could be the guy, but like, so this, this dude has like on the plus side, he's 18 years old. He's won a race. There's a little bit of hype around him in the the F2 circuit. He has, seems to have like a Instagram following and he seems to be on a Ferrari track, if I'm not mistaken, which Mm -hmm. those are all positive things for potential value. Um, What's kind of a negative right now is that he only appears to have this tops now, card, which I guess you could argue maybe that's not a negative because when somebody only has one card and it's as clearly his first card, um, that's the card you go after. So until another card knocks it off its pedestal, which I'm sure will happen. I'm sure he'll be, he'll be featured in, in the, I guess the 2023 release that will come out in 2024. Um, anyway, that's him.
1: (laughs) So i I had to say i had him on my list too and yeah funny funny enough i I noticed it was the tops now card and it, it kind of got me thinking like this is kind of similar to your s i for kids play and that tops now could be like the first opportunity to get these f two drivers and maybe it's worth keeping an eye on them. they do top now cards for the f one. But I think when there's a big moment in F2 like this one, um, it's. I mean, it might be a good play just to pick up a handful or something. I think they're ten bucks a piece. Um, This person obviously has like a bulk deal or something, selling them for nine bucks. But uh, and hold it on to them and see what happens because it could be, could be a scenario where, and the print runs are low. Like I think this one's like sixteen hundred or something like that.
0: Yeah. It could be a play. Here, like here's um this auction right here is like
1: Devries Devries's only card, I think, is um well his first card was a tops now card. I think he might have some other cards, but
0: you know, I didn't go deep 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 enough into this to see like what is Piastri's Tops Now card sell for and all of that, but that could be another thing that you all in the audience could do is like before jumping into the Ali Behrman stuff on Tops Now, go check and see what because I think Piastri's first cards were at tops now as well. um, Go see if they're selling for anything, but like it could be a play. I mean, look, if you're spending less than $10 to get a card shipped to your home, then there is always an opportunity to sell that card for more than $10 at a moment in the future. The problem with this entire discussion is that we don't know if there ever will be a moment for any of these guys. Whereas like in baseball, we know there's going to be a moment. Um, Right. So, but yeah, uh, anything else to add on Ali? And if not, you just go to your your third guy. So I don't, maybe we have a different one.
1: <laughs> I doubt it. It's going to be the same one. Okay. Um, the third guy I had was Ayuma Awasa. Is is I have that no
0: clue it? who that is. So we have two <laughs> third guys. So tell us about him.
1: So he is, uh, he's part of the Red Bull Alpha Tari family. Um, he is uh, one a race, I believe, or maybe he hasn't won a race. No, yeah, sorry, he won Melbourne. Um, so he's third currently in the standings for F2. Um, but is, uh, from what I read and research, a really good driver and has performed really well, obviously, based on the standings and part of the Red Bull Alphatari. And I just was thinking through Yuki Sonoto's contract being up and the possibility that they, I think they're both Japanese, make a not like a swap, but replace a Japanese driver with another Japanese driver. And if you think about like, because part of another angle we haven't really talked about is the popularity of the drivers and do they bring money with them? Do they bring sponsorships with them? And that is that's why Ricardo's around because he's like the face of F1 after Drive to Survive and people love him. He's got a good personality, like, he brings in. Fans and money, um, and that's why he's like always kind of like hanging around and he's a reserve driver now and stuff. And yeah, but um, just another angle there. And I think he was the one I had, um, as my third driver on the list.
0: I did notice that, like, when so you're right, he just he has won a race this year. Theo's number one in the standings, but um, the other two guys that we mentioned have each won races, and I did notice that, like, Theo's. Refractor raw is up as well. Um, so there, there do appear to be some like single sale moments during the F2 season where you can actually sell F2 cards for a profit. Like, if these guys win a race, so that's like a that's not like an F1 card strategy play as much as it is like a trying to play the market of the f2 circuit which is like another maybe it's a thing um probably not fully flushed out yet but it looks like it could <laughs> could happen um and something interesting to think through um probably wouldn't spend too much time on it though my third guy uh is a little bit more of a storyline situation which i'm a big fan of for those of you who've who've uh, listened to to our content for a long time Um, it's Enzo Fittipaldi. So Enzo Fittipaldi, um, is part of the, you know, the bloodline of the Fittipaldi racers, Emerson Fittipaldi. Um, there's, yeah, I think his, his dad and his grandfather and probably others that I don't know about because I don't really follow racing that closely, um, have raced, I think not only in F1, but in like IndyCar and other places. And so, But it's a name like Fittipaldi, I think, is like a household name, even though, even for people that don't Mm -hmm. follow racing at all. And so I think that that will play a factor. Now, he's like not really near the top of the F2 standings. He's already 21 years old, which is like super young, but also like old compared to like some of these other guys. Um, But he also like apparently uh, crashed in 2021 and had to have brain surgery and oh, really? I didn't know like, that. like minor brain surgery to like reduce swelling, but it was like a, an ordeal. And um, so now that's like also part of his story. So if he ever does get an F1 seat or if there's like legit rumors about him getting an F1 seat, and it could be maybe for some of the reasons that you just mentioned, Rob, about like name recognition and bringing money in. I mean, who knows, right? Um, it's it's a far fetched play where a lot of dominoes have to fall into place. But Enzo Fittipaldi would be my my third guy for the re- for the reason of like the name recognition, um, the fact that he has legit f2 cards out of the most recent set 2022 that are his first cards his first autos his first serial numbered autos first everything basically um now he did i think he had yeah no i don't think he had any tops now or anything i don't i think actually because i did do research on him last year and he did not have any cards there was literally like a business card that he had signed in person (laughs) and that was it um so not that he's like a top tier prospect or anything but his cards do sell. Um, I think for the, for the reasons that we've already talked about, like just the whole prospecting angle, name recognition, that kind of thing, by no means is he like dominant as a driver, but he's in the mix in F2, he's kind of like average and, um, has the name recognition and he has the cards. So he's my third guy.
1: His, his brother is a reserve driver for, for Haas. Haas. Okay. And his brother's 26. So, um. I feel like there was, I'm starting to get the feeling that the reserve drivers are like the guy baseball players that are like 28 years old and still in AAA type of thing, where yeah. they're they're good enough to like provide value as, you know, driving the simulators and being there just in case, but <laughs> not someone you're going to invest money in um, and want to grow. Cause it's like Fili- Felipe Drugovic is one that I think he won. Did he win last year? Uh, we have to look that up. Um, I think so. But so he's good,
0: right? I think it was him and Theo, and Theo ended yeah. up finishing second, and I think Drugovic won it.
1: So he's good, and he's the reserve driver for Aston Martin now.
0: Um, and his first cards are out of the 2020 mm-hmm. inaugural set.
1: So it's like I feel like if you're a reserve driver and young, you still have a shot. So there's another angle besides F2 guys. It's these reserve drivers that, because um, all it takes is like an injury or something, just like any sport. They hop in, they have a good race, and then other teams notice them. And then they start, the soap opera begins where they're trying to get their contract. And um, yeah. that kind of, that happened with DeVries actually last season. He filled in, I forget who he filled in for. Um, someone was hurt. And then, He ended up getting a seat the next year.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Well, you know, those moments are going to be hard to predict. It's almost like uh it's it's kind of the same thing as like when uh Zach Wilson went down a couple years ago and Mike White came in and lit it up, and then all of his all of Mike White's cowboy rookie cards like 10X in price overnight, Mm -hmm. the equivalent of that I think would be like uh drugevich uh whoever has a seat ahead of him like has a heart attack or i mean gets hit by a bus and then drugevich has to race and then like races well for a couple races and Mm -hmm. then like whoever was holding his cards get to get to sell them all and everything like that so it's possible it's possible to like have something like that happen but it's like it's as it's highly unlikely to time something like that and and make that prediction but yeah, I think like earning a seat is obviously like more significant than just like stepping in for a few races. Um, all right. Okay. So with our remaining time here, I thought maybe we could just look at, uh, could kind of bring things home with some more Piastri data, maybe. So <laughs> he was the half of, he was, I mentioned I had three and a half guys. He was the half. Um, okay. because like, there's really nobody like, cause to me, he's still a prospect. He happens to be an F one. But to me he's still a prospect where he's like he's like the Jordan Walker or the Volpe where you're like, okay, he's been in the big leagues, but we know he has potential, but like so he's already had the initial call-up hype, but maybe there's a resurgence of like a Jared Kalenic or whatever where he sucks, but then he like comes back and starts hitting or whatever. And so maybe like in the so I guess the question is like, since he's kind of the only one, since there's only been a couple of years of this to go off of he's kind of the only one in this scenario where it's like he was the prospect. He got the call up. We uh, we looked at the data. Now we're in a situation where he still projects out to be an F1 driver for several more years. Mm -hmm. So the question is, is he, is he who everyone thought he was? And if so, then would we not want to look at buying some of his cards now and then holding them for when he ends up maybe, I mean, we saw it happen with Leclerc a couple years ago where Leclerc was kind of in a situation where it was like he's gonna be the breakout guy. And then he did at the beginning of last season. He didn't keep that up through the whole season, but for the first few months, he was like in the lead of in the in the driver's championship lead. Um, so I mean, if P, and, and and if you go back and look at that data, that was super significant to all of Leclerc's cards. So I'm just saying, like in the future, if Piastri has a run like that, his cards in theory should do the same thing. So then like which cards would be um which <laughs> cards would be worth buying uh, of of piastres i'll tell you why i just had that look in my face in a second um <laughs> so, all right, so,
1: so it looked like a bird was flying above why don't you ceiling. take
0: over and comment on that real quick and then i'll chime <laughs> back in
1: um it it reminds me back to baseball when we were comparing f1 to baseball a lot it's like the rookie card the rookie guy that got called up and sucked for a little bit and then played for a year everyone forgot about him had his rookie card come out and then it's the perfect opportunity to, to buy a card because he's going to turn things around like these are young drivers that are trying to figure things out and i think one angle that we haven't talked about probably because we're scared to um least i am is how much the cars matter and mm-hmm. like what if what if all these drivers were in a Red Bull car? Then we really truly see who the better drivers are, because they, they all have different cars, and so we have to take McLaren as a whole. Like maybe Norris and Piastri are both good buying opportunities because McLaren's got all these improvements that are going to happen. Like I don't—that's the part of F1 that. Yeah, that's uh, a good point. We're not—I'm not too familiar with, so maybe we need to have someone that's technical and knows cars and all that stuff to say, you know, who are, what teams are by lows? Yep. Um,
0: Yep. That's way beyond my pay grade on this.
1: (laughs) Because that, that, that could open up some other buying opportunities and.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. All right. So, so I like that you said that. All right. So let's, let's uh, round out the show with just um, a a point that I want to make, but I'll, I'll get there in a second. So when you look at, Let's say we do want to buy Piastri for those reasons, right? So now we play out like what would what would the play be under that scenario? So if you look at the data around like some of the cards we've talked about already, so uh, base Chrome sapphire, uh, base Chrome, and base refractor. So there's no, like uh, there's no profit to be made from a grade and flip. So like the raw sapphire is while it's only $6 the PSA 10 is only 34. So there's no real difference to me there. There's like you're spending all of your money on on grading fees wishing for a 10 whereas if you just believe in Oscar. Now let's look at the base chrome like it's it's even more of an argument like now the upside's not going to be as high but you would pay $5 for a raw card and you would pay in theory 15 for a PSA 10. And then for the refractor in theory, you would pay $3 for the raw and 30 for the PSA 10. So I guess my point is if you want to sort of do this with Oscar and say, I believe in him long-term, I think he's going to have moments that I could sell him high. um, I would buy the PSA 10s um, of him and go hard into that. If you believe that. And then I think there could, if he does have his own moments or to Rob's point, like the car improves or he gets a seat somewhere else with a better car, all these different things, or he has like a Leclerc run of sorts. Mm -hmm. Um, even with McLaren, it's possible. Um, then now you're selling for a profit. And I think Like, worst case scenario is that you didn't end up spending that money on the PSA, on that much money on the PSA 10 anyway. But to me, it would, it seems kind of silly to be holding a raw card. I mean, unless you have a counter argument to that, it seems uh, obviously an auto, like more expensive card, like that would make more sense to be holding a raw card. But I think at this, if we're talking about this level, trying to make like a semi bulk Oscar play to try to have some upside if he makes a run. Uh, I'd be looking at like really probably just the PSA 10 Sapphire Edition and the PSA 10 Refractor.
1: Yeah, I would definitely stick to PSA. I wouldn't do the, the raw, raw degrading um, scenario. I just don't think there's enough room there to make that happen. But so sticking to PSA 10s and that, like we talked about before, the pop on all of them are, is when you think about these compared to like baseball or basketball or football, the pop is tiny. Yeah. So whichever direction you go, if you stick to like a parallel, ideally a numbered parallel, you can control the market a little bit. And I think the, the, the F1 market as a whole is, it's still maturing a little bit. And there was a the big fad in 2020 where everyone was buying it because it was the first F1 cards and there's got, there are not there's got to be there are a lot of people that have cards from that or 2021 and even 2022 are like this F1 stuff is stupid like I don't
0: yeah like I bought all this cuz it was, it was
1: I had FOMO I bought all this and I don't want it anymore like there's tons of that out there so if you see eBay listings you know make aggressive offers and even if they don't have best offer send them a message asking hey would you take whatever and um you might get lucky and get some stuff at good prices. If I think the F one's market as a way it's ways to go. Yeah. And sure. I think
0: I agree. That's a good point. I mean, we definitely want to keep following it. We're not obviously confident enough to say like, this is a play that you need to go out and make today, but we are confident enough. in like the pattern recognition part of it to lay the groundwork for what, what you can be doing with F1 cards moving forward. I think this has been the best F1 card strategy show of all time. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not even being <laughs> facetious. I think like we we joked about like how hard it is with F2 prospecting, but we came in here and we were prepared with uh, some data and, and some, uh, we broke it down. You know, we came, we came yeah. up with some takeaways. And I think what? the other factor, sorry, real quick that I'll throw out there is like to your point about it being such a, a, a young market still is that i think there's got to be i don't want to say a majority cuz that's like total hyperbole and i don't have any data to support that but there's got to be a ridiculous amount of hobby boxes that people are holding from 2020 and 2020 oh yeah for for More 2020 then yeah yeah for sure 2020 and probably there's probably like, I think there's a mentality of, well, I missed out on 2020. So I'm going to hold a 2021 hobby box because I missed out on 2020 and that's the best I can do now. So I don't know that we've seen even the beginning of what the F1 card market really is going to be. I think we've, we saw like the, the preview of the movie kind of. Yeah. And, uh,
1: one point mm-hmm. I just thought of as we, as we close up is, um, eBay is redoing their international shipping policy and a lot of that is rolling out this summer. So I'm very curious that could, I mean, that's going to help the F1 market because a lot of the fact there's more fans, the rest, just like soccer. There's a lot, yeah it's, it's more popular outside of America. So hopefully that should help with all the f1 cards that are here that we want to get to the rest of the world so
0: yeah that's a good point um i would love for ebay and for fanatics to solve the whole international problem of you know i mean it's it goes beyond that right it's like it's actually literally dependent upon like customs and and federal governments like you know governments across the world so it's not like it's not like eBay and fanatics is problem to solve, but like, I I do think that your point is totally legit when it comes to F1 and and soccer is that like, Mm -hmm. there's, there's arbitrage somewhere, but because of cost involved in like bringing items to different countries and shipping items to different countries that like eliminates the arbitrage and ebay's international shipping thing that you're mentioning is 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 probably like the best thing that I've heard when it comes to to people being able to make plays internationally I mean short of like buying a ridiculous amount in bulk and somehow getting it over to europe for like a big car like london card show or something mm-hmm. um there's really not not much that can be done internationally um I mean there's even logistical problems with like canada to the u.s and stuff so mm-hmm. um that's like and there's a big f1 market in canada a big soccer market in canada so i think like big businesses like ebay and fanatics they'll figure stuff out to help combat that i know they're both like dedicated to sports cards more than anything else pretty much yeah. so um yeah good stuff anything else you want to add anything you want to talk about going on at bob's card market or the card treasury before we head out today um
1: well, we just rolled out, I, I added on the show and tell last, last week, but the, the bargain bin, you can actually see it behind me. Um, so all these, in these trays are cards that have sold in the bargain bin and then the other ones are for sale. So good way to buy and sell uh, cheap cards, cheap low end cards. If you're a seller, you can send me the cards and I do the scanning. Um, and put them on our Discord, and they all cards start at a dollar. And we do a, our wonderful reverse auction, as Paul likes to call it, and lower the price to 75 cents, then 50 cents, then 25 cents, then 10 cents, all the way down to 10 cents. Um, until all the cards are sold, uh, or until yeah. the bin is over. And then if you want to buy cards, it's click a button and we add it to your stack, and you can ship your stack whenever you want, kind of like a com C type deal where you can. Let cards continue to accumulate and then save on shipping whenever you want to want to ship. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. Go good. That's a great feature. Yep. Everybody check out dot Market.com. Click to join the Discord. Um, we got a lot more, a lot more good stuff coming for you guys from Bob's Card Market, the Card Treasury, Rob Masora. Thanks so much for being my co-host on the F1 Card Strategy Show. Everybody, thanks so much for watching and listening. Uh, hit us up. Email me at Paul at no offseason.com or at sports card strategy on Instagram or at no card on Twitter questions, comments, feedback on the show. Drop a comment below. If you're on YouTube, um, we definitely want feedback on the whole F one card strategy thing. As we're trying to figure it out, we're trying to make plays. We don't want to leave any stone unturned when it comes to opportunities in the sports card world. So, um, looking forward to everyone's feedback. Everybody. Thanks so much. Have a great day.